It's the Pennyworth Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Season 3, Episode 7 of Pennyworth. Don't push it. You must carry a lot of pain. So many ghosts. It must be terrible. Must grumble. <laughs> Stiff upper lip. Well, that's what made England great, innit? When bad things happen to everyone, you just get on with it. But you don't. Your ghosts hold you back. I know they do. Don't you want to live your life to its fullest? No offence, but what kind of balmy interrogation is this? You should be asking me why I'm here. Who I'm working with, why I'm after Mr. Kin. You're a bit off course, love. All in good time. Welcome back, fellow governors. This is TV Podcast Industries again, talking about Pennyworth Season 3. This time we're talking about Episode 7, Don't Push It. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow governors and fellow Gothamites. I am one of your other hosts, John. Yeah, nice to be back on Pennyworth. We uh, took a little detour in between uh, the last episode of Pennyworth um, for Halloween, went over and chatted about Werewolf by Night from Marvel over on Disney+. Plus. Yes, we certainly did. It was a fun uh, chat. Exactly, yeah. yeah. A homage to... The classic black and white horror movies. Yeah, yeah, it was yes. fun. Even though we got uh, one of the actresses uh, in that movie um, completely wrong and completely <laughs> mistook her for a completely different actress, <laughs> which we can't change doppelganger, now. Doppelganger, I yes. would say. Doppelganger. <laughs> but we try not to make those mistakes often. Uh, but we are back here talking about Pennyworth, Season 3, Episode 7. Don't push it. Uh, this episode was written by John Stevens, uh, who wrote 13 episodes of Gotham. We mentioned him last week, having written Episode 6 as well. Uh, and this episode, interestingly, was directed by... Danny Cannon. Woohoo! It's almost like the team is back together. Danny Cannon behind the camera, mm-hmm. John Stevens producing, writing, and Bruno Heller as well, yeah. uh, doing showrunner and executive producer as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Danny Cannon and uh, and Bruno Heller being the creators of the show. And, and for some reason, with the credits as they have been for the last couple of episodes, I thought Danny Cannon had moved on from Pennyworth and we weren't going to see an episode from the last time he directed an episode of Pennyworth was back in season two, episode two. So it's been a long time yeah. since Danny Cannon was beside, behind the camera on Pennyworth. It, it, yeah, it really has been. And interestingly, I would say this is one of my favorite episodes as well. Interesting. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's definitely some very interesting touches in here. But I wonder if it's because he's working on his new show. Ew. Yeah, my interesting fact about Danny Cannon for this episode. So we know Danny Cannon from Gotham, yes. which was the Batman prequel show where Batman as where young Bruce Wayne is growing up in Gotham eventually to become the Batman. Now we're seeing Alfred Pennyworth, the prequel show to that show where Alfred Pennyworth is growing to become Batman's butler effectively. And the next show that Danny Cannon is involved in is Gotham Knights, not the game, not the video game that I've been playing uh, solidly for the last week or so. Um, A TV show based on Gotham heroes after Batman's gone, after Bruce Wayne dies. Interesting. So he's jumped the entirety of yep. Batman history, effectively. Uh, he directed the the pilot episode of that. Apparently uh, has been liked so much by the network CW that they have uh, commissioned a series out of it after after seeing that. Filming started that um, in the middle of September of this year, expected to come out in 2023. And this is all after all those crazy cancellation stuff that HBO Max did. So still 
on the books to come next year. Well, that's very interesting. And to be honest, you know, a good pair of hands, um, really good uh, style to his production and how he directs for sure. So I'm expecting it will be in safe hands. Yeah. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. It's a, it's a really interesting concept. Um, and I know uh, Misha Collins from uh, Supernatural is in there playing Harvey Dent, which is an interesting uh, casting choice. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, very interesting to see what they do over there. Uh, a new a new CW uh, superhero show after all the other ones have been cancelled now, um, as far as I remember. I think, <laughs> I think they're all done. So this will be the, the, uh, the new universe uh, starting up uh, next year. But, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Pennyworth, Season 3, Episode 7, Don't Push It, this dream team of John Stevens and Danny Cannon. Sure. Following Alfred Pennyworth's promise to Zara Kin to find and bring back her incarcerated father, he and Dave Boy search the Outer Hebrides of Northern Scotland for any sign of the prison he's held in. After a wasted day searching, Alfie is bothered by seeing an impossible boy in the desolate landscape. Locals tell Alfie that the prison is there, but it is without walls, and he should follow the boy he saw. With Dave Boy unwilling to leave the comfortable pub, Alfie locates the prison entrance on his own. He is immediately hit with memories of the worst moment in his life. However, the warden quickly knows Alfie is there and increases the prison's defence system, the psychic fence, to capture him. Alfie pushes through the mind-affecting device and locates Mr. Kin before being able to escape with the reluctant inmate. Alfie gets captured by the warden and her team. As she tries to use her mysterious mind-altering tools to fix Alfie, he's saved by Lucius Fox and Dave Boy. Lucius explains that the psychic fence is one of the people with enhancements he tried to cure in the past. The powerful P-Dub brought Alfie here to put him out of his misery. Alfie kindly obliges and returns Zara's father to her. Meanwhile, after his father's murder, Thomas Wayne is no longer responding to calls from his wife Martha. She is torn between going to Gotham or investigating a connection between John Salt's mysterious experiments following his death and the English government. A lead Prime Minister Aziz seems desperate for her to ignore. Good stuff. As you say, a really stylish episode, uh, this episode. An interesting direct follow-on from last week where we heard that they were going to go to uh, to Scotland, uh, off to the Hebrides, uh, to try and find um, Mr. Kin. Uh, so most of the episode spent around Alfie and Dave Boy this time. Yeah, definitely. It, it's really interesting. I just, for me, this just evoked the desolate British sci-fi that I love mm. so much. Everything up in um, the Outer Hebrides, mm-hmm. you know, whether it is due to the landscape or just the concept of the psychic fence, mm. it felt like a sci-fi episode yeah. of that dark, pretty um, sort of bleak feeling um, that I think British sci-fi does so, so well. And yeah, I, yeah. quite frankly, really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. The whole episode is, is just sort of disconcerting and slightly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, especially with Alfie going through his his memories. And you're just wondering, what is this psychic fence? And then being told that it's not a thing, Yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, so I really, really enjoyed this mm. um, a lot, to be honest. Yeah, it's great. It just it had that feeling of like Sherlock Holmes and the Hand of the Baskervilles type of uh, type of um, 
style to it along with those kind of chrysalids or uh, those yeah or the midwitch cookers you mm. know this, this idea of something like the outer hebrides the countryside perfectly normal but underneath just something being slightly off yeah and even the locals knowing about it but kind of being closed inwards yeah you yep. know, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's let's kind of start there. I don't, don't really have a huge amount of points for this episode, but um, the main kind of overarching point from the episode is the prison without walls, is this uh, attempt to free uh, Zara's father from this prison that Alfie knows he's in, if he can find it. He got a small tip off from Lucius that the they expect that you'll find a prison up somewhere in the Outer Hebrides and they spend an entire day walking back and forth trying to find something on this landscape that is completely flat, completely desolate, basically, apart from the occasional sheep. And that brings my first question. Um, By the time the reveal comes later in the episode that there is this psychic fence that um, shows your worst nightmare to you, I was wondering whether that moment with Dave Boy where he's going to the toilet and the sheep are all around him. It looks almost <laughs> like he's peeing on a sheep uh, the first time. And then later you see him uh, again relieving himself and he's surrounded by sheep. Is this psychic fence delivering sheep to Dave Boy? Is that his greatest fear? That could well be <laughs> it, to be honest. It's a um, weird one, I know. Yeah. I mean, Dave Boy is really good in this episode because it does feel desolate. He brings that humour. I mean, mm. even just... You know, the classic line of, you know, we're in the arse end of effing nowhere. Yeah. The whole sheep congregating around him. Uh, and like you say, is that his bad memory? He had mm-hmm. a, a dreadful thing as a child with a herd of sheep. Who knows? Yeah. Or, um, or is it just that Dave Boy is a kind of a guy that doesn't live on fear? He doesn't use fear to drive him. So the only thing that the psychic fence could pull out of him is that he doesn't really like sheep. <laughs> so keep putting sheep Maybe. <laughs> or his mind was still so affected by the the lullaby drug uh-huh. that the psychic fence can't enter into it. It's too scrambled what's... still. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I do like... The, the comedic element that Dave Boy brings mm-hmm. here. I mean, even just his reluctance to leave the pub. You know, they've been searching around. They can't find anything. Mm-hmm. And Dave Boy is just, let's get to the pub. Absolutely. And then there, it's like he's not willing to follow Alfie any further. And he's kind of just happy to sit there and nurse his, his drink I've for the whole a day. More pints, yeah. Uh, as, as Alfie goes back out to, to search for this prison that he just cannot find so yeah. uh, i really like that i also really like the fact that you know within that dave boy is questioning why they're doing this mm-hmm. you know why is alfie being so persistent here especially with how things ended with him and zara kin mm-hmm. uh, and the knowledge that she has and that's also to that other point it kind of introduces to us as the audience that Alfie is trying to sort of disaggregate himself from mm-hmm. what he used to be to what he wants to be. Yes. And m- effectively Miskin's slap to the face has brought that into sharp relief. And mm-hmm. similarly, Dave boy is trying to process why, you know, his mate, his former uh, army colleague, is doing something that doesn't make any sense to him and that they wouldn't have done in the past. And that's because Alfie is on this journey as well. And we get that more and more with when he meets, uh, you know, Mr. Kin as well, where Mr. Kin 
effectively says, tell me why I shouldn't shoot you, because he recognizes that this is the person that kidnapped him, mm-hmm. ultimately from Morocco back those years before. Yeah. And, you know, and he says, this had better be good. And Alfie, in that moment, is because he wants to be a new person. He's almost looking for some kind of rebirth. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to be the person that kidnaps people mm-hmm. or is that dodgy geezer kind of feel yeah. to it. He wants to do something that has meaning and, and sort of refresh his life. And that's with the boy that is being projected, is being amplified through the psychic fence. Yeah. And that whole memory is one that is ingrained and, and it is really, um, troubling for for alfie absolutely absolutely and uh, I, I have to say i do love that scene between uh, him and mr kim where he's explaining it's the way that zara looked at him that makes him know that he wants to change who he is and wants yes. to change and move on from the things he's done in his past and that's really important this journey that he's going on you're totally right um dave boys not really willing to do this whole job because well there's no money involved at least he gets a whole packet of biscuits out of it but um, but that's about the only payment he's going to get out of this but he's not willing to stay around for too long uh here he's it, it seems like they maybe did a full day um searching the outer hebrides no real leads until they get back to the pub and they get the mysterious um love it patron of the pub yeah, the old the the fella um yeah. with his cryptic clues where he says it, it's a prison without walls mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, you know, Dave Boy's sat there with his pint going, this guy's cracked. Yeah. You know, they, they start kind of sort of squaring off uh, against one another as he calls him a, a ginger mushroom uh-huh. and the, <laughs> the old guy. Uh, but ultimately, you know, all those insults being thrown, there's this just, it's just this old fella's so cryptic and, mm-hmm. but it, it, it seems understandable to Alfie because he saw this boy. Yeah. Uh, by the the two standing stones when mm-hmm. he was looking through the binoculars. And he absolutely knows this boy couldn't be here. He yeah. absolutely knows he couldn't be here. And, and he knows that it's too real to be a flash from his past or something yeah, like that. Exactly. He, he knows there's something here. Yeah. I, th- I think as well just how that whole scene was shot with the camera really in on the, the old guy's face mm-hmm. being cryptic. It really f- felt reminiscent of old horror old sci-fi you know as the kind of the crazy yokel Mm -hmm. starts talking uh cryptically about the meaning of life or the way things are around Mm -hmm. here and it it was just you know it's almost like focusing in on the eyeballs to try and give you that sense well they're crazy yeah um there's that nod to that you know way of, of directing and then you have just the comedy of Dave Boy just getting irritated yeah. by him with then Alfie sort of realizing maybe there's something to what this crazy cryptic uh guy is saying. Yeah, and, and that's it and that's the fun of it, isn't it? It's, it's this old guy that's effectively saying, Well, I haven't seen it myself, but the stories say that this is a prison without walls and you should follow that uh that ghosts that you saw on the moors effectively that kind of idea you know this thing that's taken into loads of short stories and loads of uh, loads of other movies in the past you know this this feeling that you get as an outsider when you go into a small local pub and gets amplified and makes you feel like everything is much more heightened much more supernatural for you you know these are two london lads in a pub in scotland a locals pub in scotland instantly on arrival they're outsiders 
and now they're hearing the local tales that could lead them to what they're looking for, you know. So they yeah. they have definitely uh, used that story as as a kind of jumping off point. There. And I mean, Dave Boy, you know, to me, his attitude is probably the more real in that moment uh-huh. because he hasn't had those projections or he doesn't know that he has. Exactly. Um, well, neither does Alfie, but it's not hit him and it's mm. not resonated with him in the same way. But, you know, Dave Boy's thought really is right taxi train yep. back to london, back to london. Yeah, Off I go. you know yeah uh, this is the so... reason i left scotland in the first place <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but let's talk about the the kind of um psychic fence itself uh, and inside the prison um i love that this kind of conversation happens between um alfie and the warden that the reason why he's able to defend against this psychic fence is because he uses kind of stiff upper lip Britishness, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I won't let anything get to me. I can fight back against it. But she's effectively got a way of pushing more power through this to target somebody who hasn't been within this system before. Yeah, effectively, the hallucinations become so overpowering mm. it, it disables you. You, you yeah. kind of black out as you go through the memory, and yeah. so that they're able to capture Alfie mm-hmm. and you, you see with the other inmates they're kind of walking around almost like zombies apart from uh, Mr. Kin who accepts the memories and the pain mm-hmm. like he's he's at ease with with that yeah um, but uh, this whole concept of the psychic fence I just thoroughly enjoyed both yeah. just within the show because it, it links back to the people with enhancements mm-hmm. Um, and and why they're kind of being rounded up effectively and and, and researched and and investigated, yeah. uh, but that all of a sudden you get this notion that it's not just radio waves mm. in, in some way or some kind of sound wave that it's isn't a machine at all, uh, but a boy with these special abilities, which is revealed by Lucius, who has dealt with this boy before. Um, and it suddenly becomes, as well, a lot more intimate. You 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 began thinking this psychic fence was this automated machine that just sent out the particular signals mm. in order to put people in this state. You suddenly realise it's not a machine, it's an actual human being. And then all of a sudden, you get to the point where you're told that the boy did this to use the memory outside, could sense and and latch on, link in, connect into Alfie's psyche because he wanted Alfred to come in order effectively to put him out of his misery his pain his torment Mm -hmm. his incarceration effectively yeah uh by the the warden and and the government yeah and it's it's really interesting hearing you know know, lucius say that he dealt with him in the past and this uh way that he thought that he created to control or help the kid control his powers has actually been turned into a way to uh, of them to use him as this prison so um, I really like that. And I really like this as a concept. And I, f- I feel sometimes with Pennyworth, they have so many great ideas and they kind of throw them out there and we don't get ex- an exploration of it as much. You know, this, I think, is a really good thread. This yeah. idea that's, that Lucius has been dealing with these um, enhanced people for the last few years. And sometimes he makes mistakes because nobody's ever dealt with these kind of things in the world before. And this mistake has now led to 
people being driven insane in this prison, people walking around like zombies, you know, um, people being trapped inside without any way of getting out. And anybody who goes in to try to help them out could end off in the prison as well. You know, I think that's a really interesting concept that could have been explored over a few episodes. It's that great concept that it it brings out here. It's And it it links to Alfie, you know, and, and what he's conflicted by about who he was and ultimately mm-hmm. what he wants to be for himself which he as he describes to to mr khan but this psychic fence is that we're the prison uh that traps ourselves yeah. inside yeah. however that may be you don't need the rails you don't need the the, the machine gun turrets you, you know the mm-hmm. locked doors it's you trapping yourself here in your your own memories and your own um ob- obsession yeah. uh, as well so it i just thought it was really really good and then that connects in with alfie as i said wanting to kind of come out of his cocoon state mm. and change in some way be a better person for him uh, as much as anyone else. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, there's a couple of things with the warden that I wanted to talk about here because I, I'm kind of left with a lot of questions about this side of it. You know, I really loved the idea when she uh, is trying to explain this psychic fence and then suddenly turns and realizes that he wants Alfie here because she can read what's going on in the in the uh, the, the boy's mind, effectively. So she real she realizes that that's why Alfie has been pushed towards coming to this place not just to save zara's dad it's also because the 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 machine wants him here it's not repelling him back effectively i think that's a really interesting concept i love that she's almost reverential to this um to this enhanced person who's able to do the thing that she was never able to do as a regular psychologist or psychiatrist or a regular doctor she could never get people to follow the the instructions she was giving to them so this warden is going, this is the best thing ever. We have someone that can force them to confront their fears and I can channel it as well. It's, so that's a really interesting Exactly. Concept. It's that real dystopian mm. view of science gone mad yeah. in, in a sense where it, it's, it's the process to come to the answer and whatever and whoever is in the way, it doesn't matter. It is the means justify the ends. And in this right. case for her... The means of this um, s- psychological test or, or uh, mind torture that she does on Alfie, uh, along with all the other mm. inmates, um, it doesn't matter that she's got a boy held downstairs, mm-hmm. trapped, imprisoned for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, she ultimately sort of brings the illumination to this story that we see that almost a story within a story of Alfred's memories of this kid, um, you know, during uh, the war that he was fighting in. Mm -hmm. And she just says, your ghosts hold you back. You know, what is it that frightens you? And we will find out, shall we? It's just the way that was done. And then it going into his memory and we see what happens with the boy, that the boy gets a name, uh, Levin. It's that sense of having, given up on the boy by just sending him back when the boy wanted to stay with him rather than having that commitment Mm -hmm. and again the whole comparisons with 
the young Bruce yeah. and how he treats Bruce, like we saw in Gotham, being the new mentor, this paternal figure. Yeah. And this is almost um, saying, well, what would happen if he hadn't done that? Yeah. Then Bruce would have gone off and something bad would have happened. Mm-hmm. In this case, in a war-torn country, the kid steps on a mine and yeah. is blown up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's a, a nice parallel there or a nice uh, alternate world, I suppose, to what could happen if Alfie doesn't take care of the next ward that's maybe he has to take care of in the future. So, yeah, uh, so exactly. uh, some lessons learned here for Alfie as well. Uh, one question I do have, though, um, that I was wondering about the other the other question I have about what the warden was saying is she says that all of the security guards are broken. I think she's the way that she describes them. She jokingly says it's because they're all idiots and can't uh, even form a search party. But she says there's something different about them that means they can't be yeah. affected by the psychic fence. And she it, says that they're shielded because mm. she she threatens one of them to have it removed right. if he doesn't, you know track Alfie down or, or something mm. I you know uh, so I think they're in some way shielded and yeah. I guess her as well yeah exactly exactly and I wonder if it was just because she's specifically chosen these people to work here because there's something different about them and about their pasts or they've had some I think she says it's some major traumatic event to one of them says your father beat you as a child to him as if that's the thing that maybe puts up that barrier, puts up the shield for them. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're all chosen in that way. So uh, I just thought that, again, another interesting thread in a couple of lines of dialogue yeah. that I'd love to have seen explored a bit more uh, in the show itself. Yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. Uh, also, let's just quickly talk about Dave Boy and Lucius uh, in the pub together. Again, <laughs> these two on screen just work so well. I love yeah. the kind of prim and properness of Lucius. You know, he's sitting there with a cup of tea and uh, and some scones, um, waiting for Dave Boy to wake up after the couple of pints he had last night kind of thing. Um, but uh, the two of them interacted together work so well. Uh, Dave Boy kind of not really understanding what Lucius is saying to him, but but happy to see him there and hopefully they can go off and rescue uh, Alfie. And then the flip around on the other side where we see all of these uh, security guards have come to take them and, and capture Dave Boy and Lucius and actually with it off screen, uh, Dave Boy's beaten up all four of them. Well, I love um, what he says to the warden where he tells her, well, you sent four weedy choir boy types. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Lucius took one exactly, of them. You know? Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, works, it works really well because you're totally expecting that, you know, Alfie's escape plan is going to be broken because, well, she sent security guards. They're, of course, going to capture Dave Boy and Lucius, but off screen, he's taking care of it all. That's really good fun. Yeah, definitely. But, of course, with the enhanced person taken out now, the uh, the prison walls are gone. Uh, the, even though it's a, it's a prison without walls, prison walls are gone. So Alfie's able to save uh, Zara's father and bring him back to uh, to London. And I like that there's another redemption moment here with Alfie when he uh, does bring uh, Mr. Mr. Kin back to, uh, to Zara. Um, she forgives him. She says that she regrets the words that she used last time. But, you know, again, he did kidnap her father, but he has reunited the two of them together. And yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Kin does say to him, you know, you've now shown me that you are a good man, and she's um, she's apologized and sent him off with a kiss. So yeah, and he says, yeah. Alfie says to Mister King, "I'm still, you know, I'm working out my ghost. Yes, you know, it's exactly. still he's still got to deal with it, um, but it is that journey of Alfred yeah. as well. Yeah, I don't think I ever wanted a straight line journey for Alfie Pennyworth to become 
Butler, Alfred, Alfred Pennyworth, the the Batman to Batman. Um, I, I never wanted a straight journey, but I definitely wanted to see progress over the course of the seasons as to how he got his abilities, which we know were from the SAS, and how he moved from being this guy that just sleeps with everybody around to being a patriarch of a family unit and having that entire responsibility for the for the Wayne Foundation after Thomas and Martha went. Yeah. And I, I feel like this episode has is a really good stepping stone towards yeah, that movement, definitely. more so than a lot of the episodes we've seen in the past. It's a lot of show on screen. It's it's showing us the change that's within Alfie in the last couple of seasons. And it works really, really well for that. I think it's it's, it's why this episode works, uh, works as, as well as it does. Definitely, yeah. Our other major point really is about Martha. Um, the end of last episode was one of the most shocking that we've seen in all of Pettyworth and probably even all of Gotham. We we saw yeah. what we believe is Thomas Wayne murdering his father. And this episode kind of picks up that thread through Martha Wayne and her reaction to it. So what we learn is that Martha hasn't actually had any contact with Thomas despite contacting him every day since he went over. And we we know that she's really scared of what, he, what he's going to do just because he was under that hypnosis when he tried to kill her. Exactly. So, but does she know that he killed her? She knows Patrick Wayne is dead. She does. But I don't think she knows that he is involved. No. But again... But the indication is that she suspects that it could have been Thomas. There was nobody caught. Yeah. He covered his tracks. She's fully clear on that. Thomas went off with a grudge about his father and what his father did to him. So she is concerned that this could have happened because she saw Thomas remember get up in the middle of the night and take his gun with him and go downstairs and, and point his gun at her in the middle of the night, even after being yeah. controlled by by the drugs. So you can see there's a suspicion there and she's worried about it, and especially because his father's dead and Thomas isn't answering the phone anymore. Yeah, and their daughter is asking, where's, where's daddy? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do like that it, it resolves where she you know, tries to call him. I, I like the fact that you don't even really see yeah. uh, Thomas. You just see a glass of whiskey in mm-hmm. Wayne Manor with the ring blurring out where, you know, and over on the answer phone message where it's just, you know, where are you? What are you doing? You know, but I love you. Yeah. It, it's, you know, hopefully they are, that is the three words that um, Thomas needs to hear yeah. because they had had a bit of a rocky start in this season absolutely absolutely and it may come down to a choice here she says it to mrs p when when uh when mrs pennyworth is talking to her that there's a possibility she could take samantha and just travel over to gotham and reunite with thomas over there and maybe they can work things out over there so this may be the impetus to get out of london get out of the uk and, and move back to gotham yeah. so uh, i thought there's a little nod to that there anyway. i think so i yeah. think so too i think the only reason that she isn't now is because not only is she worried about thomas mm-hmm. but she's also worried about prime minister aziz mm. because of new information that's come to her about the death of john salt mm. a, a manila folder with information about his experiments uh, in the same vein as Gully Troy mm-hmm. uh, and creating this new model army for the Raven Union. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also that when Martha confronts Aziz about this, um, there's absolutely no comeback from Aziz. He's very closed down about discussing it. you know, And she she's trying to insist with him, but this is level seven, you know, what the government is doing and why wasn't I informed of this? And he basically tells her, you know, 
we need to dust that file and find the leak. Who yes. has leaked this? Because so this is seemingly very sensitive and whether it relates to the the boy that the psychic fence as well that they are effectively using people with enhancements mm-hmm. for various defense, uh, detention, uh, whatever it might be yeah. for, you know, in quotes, the greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, it feels dystopian. I'm wondering, you know, it feels at odds with potentially how Prime Minister Aziz should be. Yeah. From what we've seen of him, what he fought against with, uh, you know, in terms of the Raven Union. Yeah. But we've always said, though, Aziz is a person that you're not sure whether you can trust from right back yeah. in the beginning when he was Inspector Aziz up until now. You're not sure if you can trust uh, his intentions whether he is doing things for the greater good or whether there's some other side project or something like that. So this does this does fall into his character again. Um, there's so many, so many interesting things going on here. I, I wonder why they chose level seven, uh, firstly, because that was, in Marvel terms, uh, over in S.H.I.E.L.D., that was the highest level you could get to. Everything in level seven was uh, was for director's eyes only, effectively. So uh, so an interesting choice yes. there. That, uh, as you know, I'm a, big, it might be. I'm a big S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> fan, so I, I, I like I liked the reference there. Yeah. But then also, just exactly in that conversation with Aziz, he's, saying, he's not saying, how did you know about that? She absolutely shouldn't know about this. And the level of detail she goes to is what really freaks Aziz out, the... the levels that she's going through of the information she has available is really freaking him out and it's not that he wants her and not once does he apologize for her not knowing about it he goes we need to get rid of this leak he never once says to her oh i'll explain this to you and we also need to get rid of the leak you need to plug that gap right now i'm not telling you any information at all need to close that down, shut it down, kill them effectively. Yeah. So, and by the way, when I said dust the file, I didn't mean with a feather duster. True. I mean for Prince. For, it, for Prince. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, so I thought that was all really interesting. And also, if the show's to be believed, once again, you can never believe shows about dead people unless you see them in the morgue uh, or, <laughs> or you know, anybody that's died off screen. Um, but if the show's to be believed... John Salt is definitely dead. Yes. That was the end of John Salt. That's what the the caller uh, to Martha Wayne is telling them. John Salt's out of the picture and all of his stuff has been taken by the by the British government, by yeah. the English government, um, to work on and incorporate into their own plans. So it that's a real surprise again. You know, it sounds like even if John Salt came back, he wouldn't be able to get all of his stuff. They found his body dead and then took all of his stuff, yep. right? So this is pretty much confirm- as as, good, as much confirmation as you can get that John Salt's gone. Absolutely. And also throws heavy suspicion that Bet is gone, gone Maybe. as well. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you say, until you see a body, yep. can't necessarily tell, but it certainly adds weight, yeah. yeah. Let's hope not. Let's hope that's coming back exactly. in some in some way in the future. But uh, but I think definitively there they're saying it's uh it's the end of John Salt. Uh, anything else about Thomas and Aziz and the the English uh, government's plans for uh, for developing the uh, the experiments that John Salt's been working on? No, nothing from me. Just have one note. Yeah, my only note really from the episode is that the warden is um, Sally Phillips, who is a comedic actor. Um, starred yes. in a lot of British comedy series mm-hmm. such as Miranda and I Am Alan Partridge, but she also created 
uh, one of my favourite shows growing up in the 90s, which was Smack the Pony. Oh, very good. Uh, which was very good. Yeah, and very she was in the um, US sitcom Veep as mm-hmm. British the British Prime Minister. Yes, good choice for that. Uh, uh, the, I think it was the American adaptation of In the Thick of It. It's similar. Yeah, yeah de- definitely similar. Um, that's, I think it only just finished there uh, last year or the year before. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, another great show. Yeah, Sally Phelps, so recognisable, but almost always in posh comedy roles. That's kind of her, her go-to as yeah. upper-class uh, upper class comedy uh, for a lot of the roles that she's been in. So really interesting to see her in this much darker role of this manipulative warden. Um Interestingly, no, no, uh, no name uh, for the character in the in the credits or anything like that. So uh, she's just the warden, and uh, I guess she no longer has a prison now. So I guess she'll just go back to being the doctor uh, <laughs> exactly. in the future. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, did you catch any uh, any things we need to translate from this episode, John? We spent a lot of time here in Scotland, so um, so it was more for me. It was more things that Dave Boy said or the people around him. That's the only things I caught from this episode. No, I I kind of I, I didn't really pick any thing out i think um i i was following the story too mm-hmm. much yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the only two that i've that i've got i've got one uh which is uh we came in dressed as screws <laughs> uh, screws is something that we'd recognize quite a lot but yeah. uh but screws is security guards yeah. um of course but i just liked the uh like the fact that they're using that uh that term for them um and then the other the other big one uh, that I got because uh, sometimes Dave Boy can say a whole sentence that can be incomprehensible. <laughs> uh, this one was uh, if we hoof it now, uh, a pint and a jobby and a proper loo. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for our American listeners, um, that overall, what he's looking forward to is hoofing it, which is running right now. If we can, if we go right now, we can get back before dark, uh, and then a pint and finally getting to go to the toilet inside instead of having to <laughs> exactly. pee on sheep uh, like he has been doing for the last couple of couple of days. Um, so I, I, I love that phrase. It's it's a, a very Dave Boy kind of phrase like yeah. that. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's it. That's all I caught uh, for this episode. But again, if you caught anything that you want explained or caught anything that we missed out, uh, email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, pop it over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Uh, there's a spoiler post up there and you can always drop in um, any quotes that we may have missed that yes. you thought were interesting or uh, want explained as well. Uh, overall, John, how, how would you rate this episode? Uh, for me, I am... Um I would give this four and a half psychic high roads mm-hmm. out of five uh, as they take the low road. Yes. Excellent. Um, I really, really, uh, I just really enjoyed this. It's mm-hmm. been my favorite episode, actually, of the season. Um, and I, I just think it really added to Pennyworth, uh, to Alfred, uh, and to how you can see him becoming the butler at Wayne Manor that yeah. we we know from Gotham and from all the the Batman comics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I totally agree with you. And it's a weird one, isn't it, to say that the best episode is an episode that didn't feature uh, Bat, who's our favorite character, I think, on the show. Um, it's 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 weird to say that, but this is a really good episode. Yeah, I'm, it really is. Yeah, I'm glad of how how it was put together and uh, well written, well directed, and really well acted. Loved loved it overall. Um, so I totally agree with you, John. Totally agree with you. 
We have a little bit of feedback, so let's head on over to our Royal Mail feedback section. Uh, a little bit of uh, feedback that came in just after we released our episode last week. Uh, over on Facebook, Jamie Lawton says, Interesting differences in parent- parenting techniques between Bet and Patrick Wayne, the well-respected pillar of the community giving up on his son after being, su- being bitch-slapped, while the total psycho will endure pain and torture to save a baby, which isn't even her flesh and blood. Yet another reason Bet is such a great character absolutely like jamie that. yeah love the comparisons there for sure mm. yeah yeah and uh, phil boodle also sent in some thoughts uh kind of agreeing with our speculation last week um saying even though the shooter said goodbye dad is it possible the shooter's not who we think it must be a brother maybe he was after all wearing a mask uh yeah that was kind of our speculation last week they they could absolutely do a big twist where it's not Thomas Wayne. Uh, it could have no moustache. Uh, yes, it that's could right. be a moustache linked crime. It could be. It could be uh, until until that story is resolved. We really have no idea. Uh, but it is a real surprise that it was Thomas Wayne that killed his own father in the streets of Gotham. Um, so I'm expecting a big explanation for that before the end of the season. Yeah, it could actually be the reverse of the evil brother that doesn't have a moustache in this case. <laughs> or maybe we've been following the evil brother all along. Maybe. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks so much for your thoughts. And uh, we want to hear from you about your thoughts about the whole season. Uh, email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, with any thoughts that you have about any of the episodes uh, that have aired. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast on any good or evil podcast catcher. Just search the Pennyworth podcast or TV podcast industries to get access to all of our latest episodes about Pennyworth. Yes, as well, share the podcast because, of course, sharing the podcast is what, Derek? It's sharing the love. Exactly. And as far as I know, we're the only podcast that's covered every single episode of Gotham and every single episode of Pennyworth out there. So share it out there. Let other people know that we're uh, we're covering every episode of this season of Pennyworth as well. Because uh, I know there's lots of people who are checking this out for the first time uh, now that it's over on HBO Max. So we'd love to have them listen, listening along with us. Definitely. We will be back next week with Pennyworth Season 3, Episode Mm 8, Red Marauder. Yes. If that doesn't sound like a supervillain name, I don't know what does. I know. Could it be the person that goes up against Captain Blighty versus Red Marauder in a a final battle? That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Could very well be. (laughs) Looking forward to Episode 8. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow governors, for joining us. It is great chit-chatting about Pennyworth Season 3. Remember, in the meantime, though, keep watching, keep listening, and keep being vengeance. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 